SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey there, ho there. It's a Tuesday, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. What are you laughing about? Hey there, hi there, ho there. Ho who's, there, and it's a hoedown. Who's, who's, it's a who nanny. Who says that? I know, I've know. i heard that, but I don't know. I, forget what I don't know. From. I don't know who said it. just came out. M-I-C-E-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. That's where it starts. Okay. Tony just dives right in. He's the man. Didn't even let me give him the big introduction. No, he doesn't need one. He's worthy of a big introduction. He is worthy of one. All right. Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 204 Sports Group Radio Network. We are in the KSHP studios here in Las Vegas. Thrilled to be with you. And Tony Neville from Treasure Island's with us. We're going to have some fun. Take you up to Scott Farrell on the network top of the hour. Vegas Hockey Hotline locally. We're going north of the border, Stevie, today. Reed Wilkins is going to join us from Edmonton. We love our hockey guests. we got great guests around the hockey world. I look forward to read. He he knows his hockey, and we can we can talk about Edmonton and what they're doing to shore up that blue line. Well, um, yeah, but honestly, you would think the main danger possibly in a yes. eh, Pacific Division. Correct. All right, they, they that's be. coming up a little bit later on. Don't forget on Tuesdays, John Smith subs ninety seven oh one West Flamingo. Buy one sub, get one free. Join the t- uh, the sub club. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, you can feed the family and save a truckload of dough and good eating. Yes. Good evening. And our friends over to Wastes 4955 South Decatur. We keep saying, bring your fantasy football dress to Vegas. Use the banquet room over there. It's going to be good fun. So we're talking fantasy football. Tony Neville, that means we got the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Football's a coming, my friend, and it's a coming fast. You ready? It's coming real fast. Action's real slow so far, but I got a feeling come Thursday, the business is going to start trickling in, and all of a sudden it's going to be a tsunami when we get to week one of the regular season, Brian. Uh, what do you make of the Hall of Fame game, year in and year out? I look at it as primarily uh, one of those situations where each team is going to be looking at a lot of rookies, a lot of walk-ons, and eventually uh, they'll give them a few minutes of play. Most of the starters might be there for a minute or two, if that, but mainly it's it's a weeding-out situation because roster cuts are going to come a lot quicker. And uh, that's when you have to say you're going to have to go play indoor somewhere in the spring next year. I, I'm I'm laughing. Can I tell the story? We just had an Apollo 13 moment in the studio, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's Should fun, they, but if we're in Apollo 13, I don't want you guys. Well, in the well show. they made it back. <laughs> they did because they uh, had Jim Lovett. Uh, well, I don't have Jim Lovett here. You're, yeah, I'd leave. I'd leave you in the lunar module. <laughs> you remember? You remember the scene in the movie where they're they're trying to get the at the aperture. 
Yeah. And they had the condensation and everything right. was frozen. And they're like, it ain't working. It ain't working. Right. And like, they're like, it's like, this is your last thing. It ain't working. I'm doing the thing here. I'm at the controls, technically. <laughs> and we have the audio levels. Everything sounds good, right? And I'm looking. The needle's not working. Mm-hmm. So I, I wave Stevie, come on around here. Take a look at this. Wait, wait. I mean, it sounds good, but the needle's not moving. Right. Stevie comes around. He looks at it. He looks at me. I hit the, I just, I just hit the glass and the needle started moving. It was Apollo 13. All right. So now you've upgraded to an engineer. So you have to pay pay union dues. Well, yeah, but but you're going to get that engineer salary. So it looks like we're going to make it home. Well, we'll see. We're on the way. Uh, It's good to see you, bud. It's, It's a great time with football coming. What's it like on the strip now? Okay, the mask mandate thing's back, but but was the weekend good? Yeah, the weekend was good for us. I think we were sitting somewhere probably between 82 and 84. Then when Saturday night got here with the uh, soccer football match between the USA and Mexico, then we hit that 100% plateau. And, of course, Monday was extremely busy. I think we had 30, ooh, no, 1,900, 1,300 checkouts on Monday, which means about half the hotel emptied out. Mondays, uh, when you have that many folks coming in for a special event, mm-hmm. usually is a big checkout it, day. Can you use that as a guide for what it may be like on an NFL Sunday now with fans going to be at Raiders games? Oh, it's going to be even bigger. I mean, let me tell you, we, what a presence the city had this weekend. And uh, hats off to Allegiant Stadium. I didn't hear a lot of... A negativity about it getting was, in and out of the was, stadium. It was better. There it was, was better, right. There's still work to be done. Uh, they're doing, I think, express buses. I think they're two bucks to get people. There's a learning curve. Right. And I'm not forgiving, you know, I mean, the Garth Brooks thing. 116 degrees, people don't have water. But they got more cooling stations. But I was, to a degree, defending, I guess, them. In that any new stadium, Tony... There are traffic issues. There's a learning curve. You got to you got to get it up to speed. You got to do it quickly. Well, so I was asking uh, someone yesterday. I said, you know, as we're improving, I said, what's the situation in New York at Yankee Stadium? I mean, I can't envision a whole lot of parking there. That everybody's got to come by bus, taxi. They take the subway or whatever. But although we don't have the luxury of a subway. You know, there's just going to have to be an equivalent that everybody comes to. Yeah. No, and there's a learning curve. And there's not a truckload of parking over there. But, you know, it's a work in progress. All right. We're going to dive into preseason football. Tony Neville, Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar, is kind enough to join us in studio. We hope you'll keep it right here. Sirius Channel 204 and on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Glad to be back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot hanging in the KSHP studios in Vegas. Series 204 Sports Grid Radio Network. Tony Neville, Treasure Island's with us. We were talking about 
Allegiant Stadium parking and getting things better. And Tony alluded to, well, what's it like in New York? Chris Bavona, our producer, is there. He says, parking at Yankee Stadium's garbage. It's insanely expensive. Um, best to go by subway, train, or a ferry. And City Field, Chris reports, is not as bad for parking, but driving there's no fun either. So, believe me, man, you're going to arenas and stadiums. Everybody's got issues, but you got to take care of the basics. I, I did this trip one year where we did uh, Wrigley, Fenway, and Old Yankee Stadium. I think it was the last year of Old Yankee Stadium. Um, took the train to every single one of those ballparks. Let me off right at basically center field. I walked in, and easy peasy. Well, you got it's like anything. I would say this: like driving around here now, you can be anywhere you want to be for the most part in 20, 25 minutes yeah. around the valley. Except at certain hours of the right, day. Right. Well, there's a learning curve. All right, I've been there since 2005. Believe me, when I know it's tight and traffic's bad, I know the end of roundways. Correct. Okay. You know, back in Buffalo, you know, the stadium is out in Orchard Park. It's semi the middle of nowhere, right? And in the beginning, there were only, you know, there's a main, there was the throughway and there were main access roads in there. I never bothered me, man. I mean, once I figured out the the back way in and and a, a sidewinder and cut cut this way and cut the, you know, you get in there in twenty minutes. I mean, you got to know, you know, you got to. It's experience. Yeah. Well, and you so, gotta have angles, kid. Well, and then and then the other side of the experience is if you, if I go to the speedway, I've been been to a couple of races. I go early so I don't have to deal with it, and then I I, fi- I find a restaurant near there, and after the race is over, have myself a bite to eat to let those people get out. Got to have a game plan. Yeah. Well, I wondered, uh, does that mean you'll be driving Uber on your next vacation when Marie and them are on the beach so that you can learn the back ways around Austin, Texas for when the bills get Stop to that. Austin? Stop that. I'll, I'll kick you out of here. That, that is not happening. That, that's, that's a bunch of hooey. That's leverage, right? Uh, yeah, but the, the the point was, okay, they wanted. They, I don't know why, because it's an incredible experience. The Bills games at that stadium, they've upgraded it a gazillion times, and it's in a bowl. It's an incredible thing in the weather and the whole nine yards. I know it's money and suites and all that stuff, but the Pagulas want a publicly funded new stadium. So they're playing this hand of cards. They initiated this. It was always somebody from afar trying to vulture the team out of there. But the point is, a report came out that it was Austin, Texas. They talked to the council members, city council members in Austin going, this is the first we ever heard about this. I mean, it was just a bunch of hooey. And yeah, it's like a game of poker, but they're not going anywhere. The league, ah. the league won't. Anymore. We'll have to wait and see. Stop it. <laughs> All right, that would... Now, now, how would, would you like it? That would be like me telling you your Razorbacks are moving to Baton Rouge. Well, I wouldn't like that at all. Okay. But, you know, let's think about our friends that were so nice to uh, take Southwest Air from downtown <laughs> Oakland to come out here for our games. And we look forward to having them as our guests at the TI this year, Brian. And they're coming. And they'll be here. I've maintained this. I don't know that this is going to be fact or not. But I think, seriously... I say as high as 70%, and maybe that's high, but I would envision at least 60% of the crowd at Raiders game will be people from out of town. Oh, you're going to have such a presence. California is going to be just attacking 
L.A. and you know that's LA the downside. When you have that many people driving in from L.A. and Oakland in the Bay Area, they're not going to know our back street. So I, we're going to have some gridlock at a lot of places. Oh, that field the dreams thing on Sunday night, coming out of here, going back to California. It was always, always a train wreck on a Raiders game night. But no, we're uh, we're scheduling those rooms to be sold for Sunday night. Keep them heading back well, all Monday. Well, yeah, that, uh, that's it's common sense. Don't you go and have a bunch of frosties and everything? The last thing you want to do is go right. You don't drive far. Nope, don't want to go across the state line doing that trick. All right, Tony Neville's. You're not sitting on your wallet, are you? No, it's in my front pocket. Good. Today. Okay. Good. Here we go. Steph Curry just signed a four-year. $215 million extension. First player ever to sign a pair of $200 million plus contracts. He's worth it. Yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, is anybody worth that? But I mean, when you see the dollars that have been thrown around, he's worth it. Yeah, I think so. Well, if they have wooden chairs there on the bench, Brian, I guess Moses Moody's going to be sitting for a couple of more years. <laughs> <laughs> He'll he'll bring he'll he will bring more than two hundred million into oh, the Bay Area, right? You better believe it. Get the new arena. And yeah, they'll, they'll they'll get that money back. Taxes, taxes, and more taxes. There's going to be food and beverage sold for the next well, what five years at least? Four, four year deal. Well, four years. Four years, two fifteen. Big balloons. That, I mean, we were saying in the first hour, it's like it's monopoly money. Yes. And the numbers are like, well, can, yeah, you, can you even relate to that? Federal government can. I'm sure they'll have their hand out. They'll get a big piece of that. There's not a very low tax rate over in California, so the city <laughs> and the county will get their fair share, too. That's probably what it took to keep him. Oh, my Lord. Good grief. All right. Training camp at the brawl with the Giants today. And then we're getting the news, you know, I mean, the Colts. First Wentz, now the offensive lineman. Right. Same injury. I mean, that's that's bizarre. It's a, the the same the same type of injury. You're taking a small bone out of your. Watching foot. these injury wires. Are people now when they come in? All right. So you said um, the big crowd was in for the soccer. A lot of people bet NFL futures walking out the door this weekend. Yeah, every day, every day. That's the talk, and of course. We'll have people walking around through there looking at odds, and they're on their cell phones talking back and forth to people from all the different neighborhoods that they come from, whether it's Indianapolis, Kentucky, Tennessee, and everybody wants to know what different teams' odds are because just like Las Vegas, more and more the United States is about transient people moving to new locations for their jobs, Brian. I don't know that you were there when it ended, maybe before the game started. It was around dinner time. But was there a buzz in T.I. with the soccer fans hooting and hollering and chanting? And Yeah, there was a big buzz. Uh, we had a couple of explanations after the game. Uh, some of the folks did not understand the word draw. empate in Spanish or draw or tie. Uh, so we had to explain that a couple of times. But for the most part, I mean, it was a big crowd on both sides of the bar, completely packed. And, of course, by the time I got home, when I left, uh, as soon as that game ended in a tie, then I went to the barbecue grill because we were going to get barbecued if either team won. <laughs> and instead, oh, the I draw was a good result. Oh, the draw was the best result we could have had. Really? Late in, you know, we had so much money on Mexico. Well, what was that, about minus a dollar, plus a dollar ninety either way? 
Yeah, they had it like plus $2 either way. You know what we closed Mexico? Minus a half a dollar. We could not stop you the Mexican get any money, American money coming in. And they brought dollars. They didn't bring pesos, pal, and they were firing with both fists. So a cervezas or two was cracked at the Neville household Sunday night when they yes, went to the extra uh, time? Our friend Mickey Ultra made an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a great story. I mean, you know, just like players sweat things out, when you got a big decision, you're sweating them out. Well, yeah, but the thing is, around town, I'm sure they had so much money on the USA at some locations, big money on Mexico at other locations, you know, that they didn't, the number was never moving except at the TI, and it was like, come on, guys, we can't handle. But that was because of the guests that stayed under our roof. There you go. We had so many people coming from Southern California, Arizona, and everywhere else. Good stuff. Tony Neville's with us in studio from Treasure Island. Brian. I'm blessing Stevie Slapshot. Scott Farrell's coming up top of the hour on the network. We'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline locally going north of the border. Reed Wilkins is going to join us. Get the lowdown on the Edmonton Oilers. KSHP.com. Listen live function there. A lot more to come from Vegas. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Folks, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Tony Neville from TI's with us. Hey, if you're coming in and you're heading downtown, coming in from out of town, check out the Golden Nugget. I mean, there's some good eating. Happy hour is always a big, big deal down there. Monday through Friday from 4 to 6, the Chart House. You got the ahi nachos, coconut shrimp, fish tacos, prime rib sliders. Why am I doing this to myself at lunchtime? Uh, just stop, will you? And then the Cadillac Happy Hours, the Cadillac Cantina, the famous margaritas. Start at 5 bucks, wine at 6 bucks. Happy Hours it was a great time down at the Golden Nugget downtown. Tony Neville from Treasure Island is with us, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. And with football coming, there's a little uncertainty with the numbers where things are going. But, like, from a occupancy deal you're starting to see people weeks in advance the weekends are stacked yeah weekends look like uh, they're going to be solid uh we may have a little bit of a lull this week sometimes we'll have a lull just prior to everybody putting their children into grade school junior high and high school but once the kids get to school and then the parents have the routine down, then, of course, the first week of college football or first two weeks and then the first week of regular season NFL, it drives it uh, solid the rest of the Do way Do you through. know Beck East, is it still kids go to school after Labor Day? Here, I mean, the school starts next week. Yeah, I don't know how it is. I think every school district's completely different as to when they end. I know in Arkansas, we used to start about 27th or 28th of August and finish about the 20th of May, right before Memorial Day holiday. All right, how about the Hall of Fame game? Any 
thing yet. Pittsburgh one and a half, thirty three is the total. Uh, are most preseason games Tony day of? Pretty much Action. day up. Pretty much day of. You know the other thing that you have to do. I mean, believe it or not, you got to start looking and seeing uh, 24, 48 hours in advance what the weather reports are at places like Canton and other locations where they're going to be playing. Any uh, with the with the people going into Canton, it's not. On on either team. Normally, you know, one of the one of the teams had somebody going in, and that's why why they have them there. Did any any factor in 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 that in this game? Um, in, in, not th- that I'm quite aware of. Oh yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, let's see, the Hall of Fame inductees. Yeah, no, it's wrapped around these teams that they always do that. Well, that's what I thought, but so, I, I'm not so sure that that's the way it actually is this year. I, I was thinking the same thing that I, the, if I remember correctly, the, the, no inductees from either of these two teams. When normally there is, and you get a, you have you have a buzz in the stadium. And I'm, I'm just wondering this year, you know, if it's kind of a flat kind of feel to the, you know, to the to the crowd, and well, and, and, and and how that would factor into the game. Well, it's it's just going to be extremely interesting to see how we move forward with the process because right now. It's about getting the players out on the field, getting them into their comfort zone. And, of course, they're only going to have, what, seven or eight days of – ten days of practice before they actually go out there and represent. Mm-hmm. I look at it to be more of what I would call a scrimmage, Brian, than I, I would look at this game to be something that where they're going to be pushing a lot of buttons. I think this is more about getting in shape, getting in shape, and getting ready actually for week two of the preseason. And, and do we know how many people they're going to allow in? What, what's Ohio's... Uh... Well, I was under the impression that stadium only held about 30,000 people. Okay. And I do not know whether or not they're at full capacity. I'm going to guess that they are. They may have changed it to where they have to be wearing a mask uh, in the stands, but that'll be something determined by the state of Ohio, I would guess. Okay. Both teams do have... What do they? Yeah, Drew Pearson. Oh, wow. Okay, and Alan Fanica. Okay. Uh, offensive lineman for the Steelers, so they they've got a presence. Yeah, they would I, they would never. The two teams that go in there, there's always, always somebody. Okay, always somebody. Right. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, the high you know the highlight. You got you know Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, but yeah, no, I mean, usually it's more. Usually it is more than one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Each team, yeah, but, yeah. but each team has somebody. Okay. I drew Pearson. Let me tell you, he was such a great ball player, mm-hmm. and Fanica the same way. What, what position did Fanica play? Was he offensive oh, lineman? lineman? Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Drew Pearson, man. The uh, it took him a little while to get in because Minnesota, you know, they didn't want him. How's in. my memory? Let me see if my memory's good. Bobby Bryant? No, Drew Pearson. But I'm going to Armin Teresian. Was that the name of the back judge that they were throwing the stuff at when? Oh, Drew Pearson you know, caught the touchdown sounds, in, that does sound in right, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where was he from? Bosnia uh, or Herzegovina? Armin, <laughs> wait a minute, come in. I know, I know you're going to find it, Brian. <laughs> Dig deeper. Yeah, no, man. I mean, it was I'm a critical it. game. He'll get it. No, it was the Hail Mary. Remember the Hail Mary? Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I'm pretty sure that if I'm the, the 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 Minnesota defensive back was I think his name was Bobby Bryant. Do I have that right? Well, I don't know. Was, was the guy that threw it Danny White or who? who, who oh, threw I, think that? Was, I think it was Staubach. Oh, it was, it was Roger the Dodger Staubach. I was close. Armin Terzian. Okay, it was something like that. It was 1975. 
And who threw the pass? Was it Roger? It was Starbuck, yeah. Well, didn't, didn't Danny White or something have one of those miracle passes, too? Or? Well, there was the Mad Bomber, Clint Longley, on yeah, Thanksgiving Clint Longley. Day. That's right. Yeah, Clint Longley. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's always nice to have those memories, even if we forget them from time to time. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, football, the old football stuff. I don't know what I did six minutes ago. I mean, we walked in here, I left the headsets in the other room. Right? <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. But I can remember, oh, yeah, um, I can remember the back judge in a football game. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. The brain is a funny thing. Mine is. <laughs> Some are funnier than others. <laughs> Try to keep the funny side, Brian. <laughs> well, who's your, who was your team? NFL, AFL, or, I mean, who was your team when you were a kid? The Oakland Raiders. I was the only one in Arkansas that wore the silver and black, and everybody ribbed me about it. Some of my friends' parents were Houston Oilers fans, you know, uh, back in the day. So are you talking the Mad Mom? Are you talking all the way back to LaMonica? Oh, yeah, LaMonica. The Blanda era when he was there. You know, the the big uh, ankle-high boots that they wore. But, I mean, they wore pretty long cleats and all that. Gentle Ben Davidson and the rest of the team. You know, I mean, it was it was great, but you know, our whole emphasis that came into Arkansas every week, you either saw the St. Louis Cardinals or you saw the Dallas Cowboys. Jim Bakken, yeah, that was your highlight. You get to watch field goal kicker Jim Bakken. Well, let's see. Back then, that was probably before Jim Hart. No, Jim Hart, Hart was, was going too. Okay, then you had Metcalf. Well, later on, and I think and Terry Metcalf was later. Who was the little? Defensive back they had that just Larry Wilson. Larry Wilson. Hall Let me tell you, what a sticker. Yeah, Hall this guy famer. could put it in your oh, grill. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, back in the day, I mean, he should have got a big sponsorship from Tapioca Pudding. The guy didn't have a tooth in his head. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it was a different I mean, game back then. Now, let me ask you, when, when, <laughs> were, you were you at all a Buffalo Bills fan when Ferguson was there from Arkansas? I tried to be, but uh, he was much better as a college quarterback than he was okay. a pro quarterback. And then uh, it changed really quick because after a while, it was just handoff to O.J. The yeah, yeah, you know what? I will tell you this. At the end, I was covering this team, and... People in Buffalo would not believe this, but you had the four super four years of Super Bowl runs. In 1980 with Chuck Knox, that's the team that should have won the Super Bowl. And Ferguson was terrific. And Joe Cribb's rookie year, they had Jerry Butler, and they had the Bermuda Triangle. And they murdered the Raiders that year by a gazillion points. And the next to last week of a regular season, Ferguson got a high. We, we no one ever knew what a high ankle sprain it was. Basically, it, it was sprained his ankle. It was a high ankle sprain, and he played. He tried to play on one foot in the playoff game at San Diego, and they lost at the last second. Ron Smith caught a touchdown pass from Fouts in the last second, and the Raiders won the Super Bowl as a wild card team that year. And the Bills had beat them by a gazillion points. Ferguson could have won a Super Bowl that year. It would have been nice. Let me tell you, the whole state of Arkansas was behind him. You know, during college, and it goes on to the pro years too, but we didn't get a lot of exposure. Most everything we saw about Joe Ferguson was in the box score because back in that day, you didn't have ESPN bringing you the highlights, uh, you know, every 30 minutes. So it was, uh, you know, three minutes of the sports on our local station, and uh, it was still all. It's funny you, you say that. And I'm as guilty of it as the next guy because Vinny Maliula was on the first out saying they're staggering the starts and the, most of these games are going to be on the preseason. 
And he said, well, go to the books because you know, they'll all be on. Said, no, not necessarily because some of those local broadcasts, you can't find them. You can't get them or they're blacked out or whatever. And you think everything that's at our fingertips, I know every preseason I'm like, where's the game? I can't find the game. And I'm getting all nuts. And like We get to watch every game now. We're spoiled. Yeah. So I got to ask you a question, Brian. Is this going to push more people to watching the game on their computer? Because we've got Fox Sports One, Fox Sports Two, but all the regional Fox stations sold out to Bally's. Now, is Bally's going to be carrying any of this on the streaming side of the ledger? Because I haven't heard yet, and that's kind of the big question. Is uh, as we well, move forward, because honestly, when you think about it, you're back there. Like you, you would, if you if you could and had to. You'd staple antennas to your forehead to be able to put the game on in the book. Yep, yep. I mean, and now we find it, even the, some of the college football games or basketball games are, are streaming, and we don't have the ability to carry that at this time. Yeah, well, to answer your question in the short term, you better get the equipment because that may very well end up being what's going on. And the quality on the computer is so good, you, you just got to be able to adapt and get it up on your beautiful screen. Well, the downside, Brian, is that computer is running a minute and a half behind the regular broadcast. Oh, that, that is not good. I got a story about that. Yeah, past posting, no good whatsoever. Coming back to Vegas, Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, one of our dear friends, one of our favorites, Tony Neville from Treasure Island, racing sportsbook director, joins us in studio. We love seeing you, bud. We appreciate you always coming by, too. Fun to attach a face to the voice. Always a lot of fun, and of course, to have Steve in here with you, you know, it's one and one A. I feel like I'm at a horse race on the radio. Well, I know why you come. Uh, Tuesday? No. No way. You're going on the Stevie's due to say something interesting theory. Oh, well, Steve, I know you've got a lot on your mind because you usually tell me you wish you had more to say if you only had the time. Oh, go ahead. It's all yours. The floor is yours. I got, I got nothing. <laughs> no, he's got a lot. Trust me, folks. He's the man. You talk to him about anything, especially hockey, he's going to bring you into the groove. So listen closely to what he has to say. Uh, buddy, how about baseball? How the baseball horse treat? Usually you wince when I say the word baseball. Collectively, how's this year been? You know, let's talk just about yesterday. Last time I was here, I told you I got bushwhacked so hard by all the favorites yesterday. Same thing. Everybody came in. All the teams that made the trades, they bet them like crazy. And, of course, about three or four of those dogs came up barking yesterday. I was glad they didn't bet it the other way around. So yesterday was a good day for us. And this year it's been up and down, Brian. But as long as there's a good balance, and even with the sell-off, I was surprised 
uh, how competitive that some of these teams that are below 500 are continuing to play. It remains to be seen if they can last the next 45 days. Are the numbers pretty stoic, Tony, or are there are there is there volatility uh, leading up to a game? Are there a number of games that steam, or is the opener pretty close to what the market will bear? Well, from the day before action, the numbers are still a little bit volatile. But the thing that's happened is we've got so many games that are minus a dollar eighty, minus two twenty-five games that are minus three dollars. It really uh, hinders people from coming in to wager on a favorite for a straight bet, but yet they'll throw them on the parlays and then try to grind out some money. Well, like the Yankees today are minus 230 against the Orioles. Total's 10.5. I mean, wonderful pitching matchup. Wells versus Gill. I mean, I mean, so you're expecting runs here. But Yankees aren't world beaters. Can you get, when the Yankees are minus 230, is it mostly... Yankees on the run line, or are you begging for Baltimore money? It's usually Yankees on the parlay. Uh, we don't. Baltimore has played much better over the last two weeks, so they actually have been kind of a live underdog. They may not have done so good maybe the last five or six days, but that's always been a big time rivalry, whether they're playing in Baltimore or up in New York. Yeah, I, I would just say that I would look at the Yankees today myself just from a betting aspect. They have not been thumping the ball, the Yanks. Yeah, I know it's a it's a good-looking lineup, but Rizzo comes over and, and, and he's homered. But, but Judge and Stanton, they're not driving in a lot of runs this year. No, I think that you're going to probably see some changes after the season. If they don't do well, if they can't get past the first round of the playoffs, should they be in the middle of the, the mix there, I think that you'll see – Possibly a judge or a Stanton be sent packing. Yankees have still some pitching woes that they need to address. Araldis Chapman has finally come around here recently, starting to come in, um, you know, in the ninth inning and do the job he's supposed to do. But it's been uh, rather anemic this year, and uh, I don't know what the reason is. And maybe there'll be a managerial change, but I do not expect that after listening to the president of the operation say that no changes would probably be made till after the season. How about the Cubs? The big five. Sell at the deadline, you know, across the board. I, I know it's incumbent on the pitching matchup, but per se, you know, what's the shade now on the Cubs? Well, people are real sick that are from uh, Chicago, and you know, we have a big community of people living in the Las Vegas Valley from the Chicago area that have been lifelong Cubs fans, and most of them are pretty fed up with what took place. Uh, but it's business. That's the way baseball is. Uh, I, I know that you know we're not going to get much action from our local community on on the Cubs unless the price is right. And the Cubs are probably a team that's going to go backwards for a few more weeks. I don't understand what happened to them. I mean, you look at the guys that they moved in the first game with the new team. They they hit home runs. Those guys were good players. Why couldn't they play well for Chicago? Well, I tell you what. Let's look at a guy that used to play with Chicago, a guy named John Lester. He's pitching tonight for the Cardinals, and he's a pretty big dog tonight, isn't he, Brian? And he's sitting at plus $1.30 or plus $1.40, something like that. And yet the Cardinals picked him up, and I have no idea why the Cardinals went to him unless they thought people would drive down from Chicago to watch an ex-Cub pitch down in St. Louis, and that's a heated rivalry too. Yeah, Atlanta at St. Louis, Lester's plus 15 cents. Oh, it's Atlanta at St. Louis. Okay, yeah. Well, Lester's been around a while. He's he's on he's at the end of his 
of, of his career here. St. Louis probably got him fairly cheaply, and, and you know they needed a starting pitcher. Just some guy to eat up innings. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. And St. Louis, uh, right now, their pitching is very anemic also, just due to injuries alone. Yeah. Look at the American League wild card. A's with the last spot. Three games back, Yanks, Mariners, Blue Jays, four back. I'm pushing it here. Indy, uh, Cleveland's six back. Um, well, they are. They're still the Indians. I almost said the Guardians. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell you, I, I like Oakland. I like the additions they made. Seattle's making a run here, Tony. Yeah, well, they're playing above uh, 500, Steve. I mean, you have to look at that and say, what are they doing? I watched a little bit of one of their games the other night. The batters are finally swinging. And they're hitting the ball and making, and, and they have, they're believing in themselves. To me, Seattle is kind of the way Colorado plays when they play at home. Okay. They're over-aggressive there and play really good, but then the question comes, what's going to happen when they get on the road? Will they continue to compete? And uh, I think Seattle's won quite a few games, though, at home and recently. Okay. And uh, who's pitching tonight? Kikuchi? Is that who the... I think so. And and they just got Freely back. They're getting some players back too in that lineup for the Mariners. They they may they may make a run here. Yep, and our odds are still pretty high on them. So uh, you know, don't be scared if you're out there in the betting world to go around and go book to book to book because every place has a different set of odds. And depending on who stays under the roof is who uh, the guests have been wagering on leading up. And this is prime time. I mean, you're jockeying for positions. You know, Tampa. How good are they playing right now? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're continuing to to get pitching and hitting that's timely. You're watching this Boston Red Sox team. You know, at one moment you feel like they're going to pull away, and in one moment you feel like, are they going to start regressing? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of ifs out there in the baseball world, so keep viewing every night because it's an interesting league. All right, I know you are all over it. We're getting close. What are you spotting college football? College football right now is still a little slow for us, Brian. Uh, I'll tell you, we're getting more play on the pros than we are in college, and I think it's due to the shock of the playoffs and increasing, and yet at the same time having Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC, and I think it's put a cloud over the perception of college football. And I don't mean it in a bad way, but people are still trying to analyze What's that going to mean for all the other conferences? What's that going to mean for the playoffs? And and as much as I enjoy that they're coming to the SEC so Arkansas can recruit more in Oklahoma and in Texas, I just don't know how all of America is going to feel about it from coast to coast. I think America is going to become an SEC-watching nation. I think – the, the other uh, conferences are going to kind of fall off a little bit, and you're going to have this, this mega conference when that happens. Well, that, that makes me a little pessimistic about it, though, doesn't it, you? Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't like to see it. I, I, I'd, rather, yeah, I'd rather, you know, like USC is not what USC used to be. Uh, Ohio State, uh, Michigan, those don't feel like the powerhouses they used to be. I'd rather see them get back to what they were. Right, and then right. and then have the SEC be what it is, and but then but then that makes those other conferences competitive with the SEC. Well, as I shout out to one of my supervisors, Mike Johnson, who's a big Ohio State fan, he would beg to differ with you that Ohio State's still up near the top, but yet the rest of that conference is down below. But it's so cyclical. Once a team goes bad, 
i.e. the University of Texas, the University of Arkansas, back from the Southwest Conference. It's hard to reach the top again. So, you know, kudos to Alabama. Kudos to Clemson. Mm -hmm. You know, the three or four teams that are there every year. But I really would like to see someone else start upsetting some of these teams and catch them at a weak moment. But it's it's been very difficult. So Notre Dame, the same deal. Not not doesn't feel like it used to feel. Florida State and Miami, they don't feel like they used to feel. Yeah, well, Bobby Bowden's gone. Right. You know, when Florida was super, super, super. You know, what where's their head coach now? Jacksonville? You know, he was yeah. up at Ohio State for a while till he had a couple of heart palpitations or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But when you lose these legends that are responsible for the recruiting, it's hard to recruit the same as you did before. Today, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have a meeting talking about down the road as a result of Oklahoma and Texas, either an expansion or merger or, you know, what, you know, how that will play out. But they're all starting to circle the wagons now. Yeah, well, you have to. Go ahead. I I was just going to say, I would would hate to see, again, conferences merge like that because then the, 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 bottom half of, of that conference, then those teams all lose whatever you know influence power they had. Right? So what happens to Northwestern or Minnesota? That's kind of what you're Yeah, they, they all asking. get lost in the shuffle, I think. Could be. Could be. But hell to Northwestern. I tell you what, they do come out and they compete in that conference and nobody expects it. And yet uh, those kids, as tough as that school is academically, they go out there and they learn that playbook and play within themselves. So. Yeah. Are you surprised Fleck didn't turn Minnesota over a little quicker? I thought he would go in there and and really get get them playing better football. Maybe it's just taking him a little longer. I, you know what? Maybe he could, but it's the same thing as we're going through. It's hard to recruit from Mm -hmm. the states that surround you and say, "Hey, you need to be up here and be a Golden Gopher." And uh, you know, educations are about the same price, scholarship-wise. When you're on a scholarship, you have to determine as a kid whether or not am I going to have a better chance of playing in the pros, playing with Minnesota or Michigan, Michigan State or Ohio State. Well, now it's going to come to how much money can you make up there, and uh, that's going to be another curveball. Yeah. I don't think athletic directors have any idea what that's going to do to the pros. What are you hearing? With your contacts in Arkansas, how that's going to play out? Well, I think we have one player that's already signed for a million dollars worth of, you know, whatever you want to call it, player cash. Uh, how does that play? How does that play, in a, I mean, come how does on. play in a locker room? Well, I hope that this is the guy that takes everybody out on Tuesday night for pizza. <laughs> you know, like a lamb. Let big none. <laughs> I don't think they do that in Arkansas. All our food's fried. <laughs> the, the players have been getting, you know, cars and you know, nice apartments and whatever for years in in, in the college sports. I I don't. I think the other guys in the locker room understand that that's the best guy, and so he's going to be treated a little bit better. I think so, too. You know, a nice apartment in Arkansas is the one where you don't have to go outside to the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) He's the man, Tony Neville, Treasure Island. We're thrilled to be with you right here. Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series, Channel 204, and on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't forget Jay Cornegay and the gang over at the Superbook at the Westgate. They are taking entries for the Super Contest, the tried and true tradition. And we'll be doing the show out there Friday the 27th on Super Contest Weekend. Looking forward to that. Saunter over to the Superbook. Back to Vegas in a moment. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's more than shoes. You don't have to listen to Sports Grid. You can always go to a horse stable, find one with shoes, pry one off, and hang it over your door. Or you can get the winning edge right here. And you won't take a hoof to the head. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I put a lid on Vegas Sportsbook Radio for a Tuesday. We'll be back at it again tomorrow, 2 to 4 Eastern, 11 to 1 Pacific time. Scott Farrell's coming up top of the hour on the network. We'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline locally for you. Go north of the border, Stevie and I. Our buddy Reed Wilkins is going to join us from Edmonton. Listen live function at KSHP.com. Wrapping up the show with our pal Tony Neville from Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sports Book and Sports Bar with us in studio. We get this little football game tomorrow and who said this, Stevie? Was it Chuck? I guess it was Chuck yesterday. Chuck Esposito was on with us. Our friends, STN Sports, the STN mobile app, stations, casinos. We will have football now every Sunday until February. Yeah, it's going to be nice Thursday night. Plus, just a shout-out to Chuck and Jason over there. Congratulations on your promotions within the uh, stations organization. And a shout-out to Tony Miller uh, downtown at the Golden Nugget. We always The birthday you. boy. Happy birthday, T-Town Tony. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go anywhere near those birthday parties. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, first of all, the fire fire marshal would be included with the candles on the cake. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but those candles are going like butane lighters. You know what you're saying is, is when they blow it out, the candles are completely oh. melted. <laughs> I know that feeling. Our buddy Tony Miller. Uh, hey, so... Do you get a break? Do you get one little catch your breath here in the next three weeks before football? Well, you know what? I'm glad you asked. A week from this Saturday coming up, which would be about the 13th of August, something along those lines, I get to drive my son to USC to get him enrolled for his senior year. The following day, it's TI Day over at Del Mar Racetrack. We're get out. About go. 30 of our uh, best clients in with us with some of our casino hosts, and it's a wonderful day to be at Del Mar. And, of course, by then, the haze is gone. By 8 o'clock in the morning, you get plenty of sunshine, and all the food and the fun in California is great, Brian. Get rid of that marine layer and have a great day. Thanks for coming in, bud. Thank you, Brian. Come into town, see Tony down at Treasure Island. Stevie, great job. We'll do it again tomorrow, Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series, Channel 204, and along the Sports Grid Radio Network. 